0: You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, and welcome to Make It Thrive. Today, I'm talking to Lee Carnahan, the marketing manager of Curveball Media. Curveball Media have adopted a six hour workday since 2016. And today, Lee's going to tell me all about how they've been getting on with this six hour day and what flexible working has done for their company culture. So, let's get started. Hi Lee and thank you so much for joining us today on Make It Thrive. So give us an introduction to yourself and the company culture you have there at Curveball Media.
1: Oh, thank you Lizzie. Um, it's a pleasure to, to, to be on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Lee Carnahan. I'm the marketing manager for Curveball Media. We make uh, animations and films, um, usually about sort of 90 seconds long. Um, and as far as our company culture goes, um, actually you've caught us at a really interesting time because we're uh revisiting our values and kind of defining those now that uh, we've grown a bit um but generally speaking uh our company culture is very informal it's a bit like a family um there are about 10 of us sort of permanent employees if you like with a with a good half dozen or so freelancers popping in from time to time so it's it's very informal uh and it kind of the culture is very much in obviously informed by the people that are here but it's not it's not you know it's not dominated by the directors or anything like that it is very much a, a family or a feel to the culture so we we do look for consensus um Ooh. all the time you know in terms of the decisions that we make um there's, yeah. there's a management team but it, it's not like uh you know things are being dictated or or uh just sort of i don't know yeah dictated i suppose in, in that sense we, we are very conscious that um we are like a family. And in that way, uh, we want to uh, have everyone on board, you know, as much as we can with things. Yes, there are certain decisions, of course, that need to be taken by, you know, the directors and stuff. But uh, generally speaking, you know, certainly in an operational sense, um, yeah, you know, we look to have consensus. and We look for that. We invite everybody to, you know, participate in um, how we work and why we should work in certain ways. And, and, we're also, you know, naturally being creative people. We're we're always looking at that uh, culture um, from from a well-being point of view, but also from a productivity point of view, um, because that's part of us as curveball. We wouldn't be curveballers if if you're like if we didn't yeah. <laughs> do things in a slightly different way or want to do things in a slightly different way. And I, we are very much like our name says, you know, in, in that sense. We're always looking for different ways or different questions to, to put to ourselves to make us think about what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it um which kind of uh, you know I, I guess some of the other questions I can see coming up is <laughs> you're going to lead into that um,
0: <laughs> absolutely I, I love that you know you know curveball you know you are going around it a different way and I think that's that's really interesting that you know you've managed to not only you know just um sort of have that in your name, but you've actually acted upon it as well. And I, I talk to companies a lot about this: is not only having a vision, but is actually um, behaving by that vision as well, and and that has to be ingrained into the company culture.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: So it's so it's so interesting because I know we we met sort of many months. It feels like many months ago now. The time goes so quickly. Um, but we met on a panel discussion about workplace well-being and company culture and what really intrigued me is obviously you guys have had a six-hour workday since 2016 and mm. um, and you know a lot of companies have, have trialed and played around with it but what kind of made you guys decide on the six-hour day compared to some of the other sort of flexible working models that are out there?
1: Yeah uh, I mean th- that's a that's a, a perfect place to start because it, it's um... It's an interesting answer, in that it, it, it kind of sounds like uh, when we look back in hindsight, it kind of sounds like we 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 very deliberately did this. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's actually the case. One one of uh, the people who who used to work for us, Marie, um, uh, she was very interested in psychology um, and well-being and productivity, and uh, she was doing a lot of research into um you know uh, flexible working and other ways to, of working that would would be beneficial for people within an organization as well as the organization itself and um she found that uh yeah by by uh, people were happier more productive essentially that the the more flexible or the, if you like the fewer hours that they they worked mm. you know there's this idea that you can you can do the same amount of work in 8 or 9 hours that you you can sorry the other way around <laughs> you can do work in six hours as you can in, in eight or, or nine absolutely yeah um, and but there's a there's a there's not a slight irony but um she didn't like coming in early so I think she was looking <laughs> for an answer that, that would um help justify her saying hey can we have flexible start times please and um <laughs> but you know we we I wasn't here when it was instituted, so I can't tell you. Uh, you know, uh, my I can only report, if you like, on that. Yeah. The, the, the Daniel and Ollie here that they were very open to that, and it's like, yeah, all right, let, let's think about this. Why? Why do we work eight hours anyway? Um, and is this? Should we just switch to having flexible times, or you know, shorter days, or whatever it is? It's it's what is this eight hours thing about? So yeah, it, it wasn't like a very conscious decision to start with. Hey, we need to change the way we work. It, yeah, it was a an accidental discovery, almost you could say. That's
0: some of the best ones, though. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And it, but it, it triggered that conversation uh, and our curiosity is to, to ask the question: Well, why are we doing this? No, seriously, why are we doing this? You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: In, in the media industry, there are very long hours, you know, and sometimes that's held up as a badge of honor somehow. And it's like, well, does yeah. your client actually care that you spent twenty-five hours doing this in, in Rome? <laughs> how does that actually help you or them yeah it doesn't a lot of the time no this is bonkers so absolutely
0: no <laughs> it is, it's very very relevant and i think you know the thing is we i think too much in our society we praise overworking when it's just so unhealthy for us yeah
1: absolutely yeah i know i, I get it in, in like you said i think it it, it we, we've so before, it's a a lot of it is a hangover from the industrial age, where quite literally, mm. if the factory owner could get an extra hundred people pumping out an extra hundred widgets per hour, he would make an extra hundred, you know, whatever pounds per hour or something. Quite quite literally, you know, you can yeah. force people to work longer and harder, and and they he would earn more money, not them necessarily. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, And then, of course, you get sort of certain professions, like the legal profession in many instances, where they are literally charging you by the minute. So Mm. there is a perverse incentive for them to work as many minutes as they possibly can bill for. Uh, But even then, you think, okay, there's a financial incentive there, but actually... What happens to the quality of your advice after 12 hours of, you know, uh, giving legal advice? It's not like it's dead simple, that kind of stuff, is it? You know, it, it's nice. it's very complex analytical thinking in that way. So I, I just, anyway, uh, yeah, there's this, there is this still present in our culture, this idea that somehow, if you're not working long hours, it doesn't count. You're not, you're not actually working.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: what about what, what on earth? you
0: know absolutely I think it's difficult as well because I think we're so used to things you know not a lot of us question why we do things you know that's what I, I kind of really resonate with you guys is asking the why why do we always do it that way yeah and I know a lot of companies when it comes around flexible working there's a lot of fear and maybe distrust in their own team and perhaps that's why they sort of rear back from going oh actually I'm, I'm not sure about that because is it going to get taken advantage of how's yeah. that going to affect the work there's so many um sort of questions and, and trust issues around it I mean was there any kind of initial teething problems when you guys adopted the six hour day or, or did yeah. it kind of just seem to flow naturally
1: yeah no no absolutely there were I mean it, it, it was not something that we instituted overnight. It, it took, I think, a, a good six months to uh, research and review and think and discuss and figure out how and why we should do this and in exactly, yeah, it, it, the exact um, format that it should take. Um, and in the end, it was a case that we, let's just try it, let's pilot it and see what happens. Because there's only so much sort of research and thinking that you can do. At, at some point, you're going to have to try it to to, to to get that positive or negative feedback, whatever it is.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: But yeah, you know, some of the teasing problems in, in a, well, fear for one um, that everything suddenly would collapse, um, you <laughs> yeah. know, and somehow we would stop pre- creating animations or whatever it was, you know, whatever we yeah. were doing, and it's like, uh, but you know, and you you can you can understand that certainly in hindsight because you're so used to working in this other way that to entertain the idea of switching to something else uh it's it's scary especially when you've never tried it and it's something that seemingly opens the door to uh, abuse but i think the key thing that you said there was trust and if, if you don't trust your employees to do something in eight hours or 12 hours or, or however long you're not going to trust them to do it in six there's that's a trust issue. Yeah. That's not, that's not a uh, can flexible working or, or shorter days or uh, work for you. That's about trust. Um,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: The, the other sort of teething thing I think that happened was that some people um, thought that uh, they could um, sort of binge work so they could work longer hours one day and then claw back that time the following day. Um, yeah, yeah. So we had to sort of clarify what the rules were and, and, and be clear about how this is going to work. And
0: Absolutely.
1: The it, It's a six-hour day, but it, it might be more accurate, really, to call it a six-hour rule in that <laughs> we we say, right, uh, we, we plan our work very carefully. We know what resources are required, who's doing what and when. We're, we're no different to any other company in that respect. But we say... If you've got done what you've needed to get done in six hours, well, what happens after that point is up to you. If you want to go home, you go home. If you want to stay and you know explore new skills or work on new with new tools or develop yourself in some way, that's cool. You can do that. If you want to go swimming, if you need to go pick your kids up, you do that. Whatever. Um, but even within that, actually, and I was doing this myself last week. Um, when my wife was away, uh, I. I came in for a couple of hours, then I disappeared, picked my kids up, and then I logged on when I was back home uh, again for another couple of hours. And then i it, it's, you know, so it's, there is quite, we do have the six hour rule, but there's still within that a lot of other flexibility. So if somebody does want to take a, sort of two hours in the day for something that they need to, well, all they need to do is communicate that to us and say, yeah. this is what I want to do. You know, is that, is that, is that going to be okay? Is that? It's not going to, you know, they don't have to build a business case for that. They just have to communicate. This is what I need to do today, Um, and then as long as we all understand how that might impact the workflow, then that's it. We're fine with that. We just go with it. There's no, you know, it's not about authority.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's just like, what do you need to get done in your own life? What do we need to get done at work? How do we connect those two things and make it work? That's it. It's it's not. Yeah, I, how do you describe yeah. that? What's the, you need it? Can, can you come up with a label for that?
0: <laughs> it's what? almost uh, like the harmony of it, isn't it? Because people say say so much about work-life balance, but I don't ever think there's really such thing as a, an equal balance. I think sometimes you know, sometimes some a project comes up and work needs to take a little bit of a priority, but then sometimes you know something might happen in life where oh, okay, actually we need to tip the the scales slightly that way. Yeah. And I think that's why I you know I'm so pro-flexible working because it is it's about actually being respectful and open and transparent about what your commitments are in life yeah you know not just um you know oh okay we're at work now we've got to pretend like we don't have a life yeah yeah. <laughs> that, that just isn't possible because you know life impacts work work impacts life and it's, yep. it's all it's all one essentially yeah. yes. um, and it is very much about communication like you said if you're open and transparent with your team and you make it known where you are where 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 you're going to be or what your capacity is people are a lot more open to that than actually you know the the kind of the rigidness of sometimes that those hours can provide because there's almost becomes a bit of a resentment towards working and towards your work and I think that's where there's sometimes the detachment comes where you get people leaving because they're like hang on a minute I don't feel like I'm able to pick my kids up or do the and actually, I'm starting to resent the place I work rather than feel fully engaged with it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And in that sense, I think it, that actually it, it's uh, like you said about respect. Um, uh, uh, there's a power dynamic that goes on. You know, I remember when I was in my 20s, taking working in my first jobs, um, it was very much a case of do as you're told, you're here, get on and work. Uh, yeah, you can ask for certain things, but don't, yeah. expect, don't expect What, do you want to go early? On? You've got a dentist appointment. Well, you'll have to make up the time tomorrow kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Really? You know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's like, what is that? That's about power over people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. not working with people. And like you said, respecting that, you know, you're actually paying someone. That doesn't mean you own them.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Their labor and their intelligence and their commitment and all those other things. You don't own them. You don't don't get to tell them they don't have a life outside of work. And it's – but there was – I don't know where – it's – yeah. It's
0: very strange, isn't it? So how has the six-hour day impact your your company culture? Are people happier and healthier and taking up hobbies?
1: Um, Yeah, crikey. I mean, it's very difficult to say in a sense because – we don't actually measure it in a quantitative sense. There's no survey that we do every year that you know tries to uh, put a number on on how happy or how much happier we are or how much more productive mm. we are. But if you you know got, actually come into the office one day, you know, and, and work from here and, and just absorb the atmosphere, and, and you could make your own mind up. But generally speaking, um, because we know we can come and go as we need to. Um, and we focused on output rather than how many minutes we've worked There's it's very relaxed there's a lot of swearing sometimes that goes on <laughs> um, of, uh, you know uh, there's two dogs sometimes as well uh, so there's a lot of barking that goes on um, but it, it, it it's we have a very low re- um a, a low what's now hang on we have a very high retention rate uh, so Fantastic. it could be only three people I think if I remember correctly of sort of left in the last uh, 6 years i think so uh, and in terms of recruitment um, we get cv sent to us you know literally every week yeah uh, that's uh, incredible it's you know we we don't ever pay to advertise to recruit or anything like that we've got built up good links with with local colleges in that sense so that we we invite people in as well that we might want to work with us or um so i know that's a slightly different issue uh, mm. uh, but it, it, it's part of the culture that we we want to develop people want to nurture them and provide a place for them where they can develop themselves
0: so Absolutely. That's the kind of
1: people we attract and in that sense um yeah it, it's uh no one runs around here like a headless chicken
0: <laughs> i think like you say it's one of those things where you can't sometimes measure it and this is what i say a lot of the time about you know your company culture there's certain things you can certainly define and try to measure but when you go into an organization, you know, as humans, we are innately emotional and emotional and we have this incredible ability to be able to absorb people's emotions and feelings and attitudes and behaviors. That's that's how we are as humans. And so when you go into somewhere, even if, you know, you perhaps don't know the people, you can absorb so much by just being in the environment. And it's 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 one of those things that's so tangible when you're there that you kind of don't understand why we have to always quantify. And add numbers to things, and make it like this really logical um, sort of you know over-analysed thing. When when in reality, the human conscious side of you is going. This is a good. This is a nice place. This yeah. feels good. good it's it's so strange that you know with when it comes to well-being you know people want to see return on investment they want to you know because it then kind of takes the human element out of it and takes the conscious element out of it which i think is really a shame because then it goes oh actually you're only doing that because it's affecting your bottom line not because it's it's the good thing to do it's the right right thing to do um and that's such a shame when you know it, people companies are too focused on the numbers to yeah. go actually you know happiness is something that we can't really measure no. um, with a number no. it's just the way people are
1: yeah i'm glad you said that actually you you, you articulate. i was having this conversation yesterday with um uh, a peer called emily who, who works for another agency who do have a um what i would actually call a structured six-hour day um uh made agency here in norwich um and uh we were talking about this, well, even if certain companies uh, implement a shorter day only because it helps their return on investment, is that a good thing? Is that a benefit? You know, in what way is that helpful? And and my, my take is more like you were saying in that actually, you know what, do it because you think it's a good thing. Uh, generally, morally, you know, on, on principle, ethically, because it's a nice human thing to do. <laughs> Um, yeah. rather than strictly because it's going to improve your bottom line. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong in doing it for your bottom line. But if if you go in only with that attitude, that's how you will judge it. And, and yeah. it, it, it then becomes defined by that rather than whether it's generally a good thing for people.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Measure. The one thing we do measure, but we, I can tell you in terms of our profitability, um, we, I can flip this on its head a bit in that um, you know, having this, this six-hour rule, it, it, it's in no way affected our profitability at all. We've grown every single year since we've been in business. And I think we've just posted, I have to be careful, but I think we just posted our uh, best profit uh, or turnover at least uh, in, since we've been going. So it, 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 in no way... <laughs> yeah negatively affecting us in in that in, in a financial sense so absolutely um you know take from that what you will it, it's uh...
0: so do you think i mean when it comes to sort of you know the 6 hour day or even other flexible working models because there are actually so many out there um what what do you think it is that deters companies from adopting more flexible policies do you think it is because there's that correlation with the bottom line or do you think it's more of a, a trust and a fear factor that kind of deters them
1: i think it's all three of those things at least i mean it could be all sorts of things but it's definitely those three things there's a there's a fear of change and what that that heralds um and because it's a because uh, yes it's an operational um initiative but actually that's it's about culture you can't you can't just change the operational process of how you work without, Mm. without looking or addressing the uh the values that people bring to their work and the, Absolutely. the the emotional understanding that they bring to their work and the, and why they even turn up in the first place uh, and why they are more likely to be conscientious and do good work when they're actually at, at work instead of trying to secretly watch the clock and get away with browsing the internet while the <laughs> so, or, or doing all those other sort of surreptitious things that you might be encouraged to do if someone is literally forcing you to just be at your desk for, for you know, 12 hours a day, c- come what may. Um, yeah, you know, it's a myth to think that people are sitting there churning out work like that. They're not. They're, you know, they're doing all sorts of other things. But um, yeah, so I think fear, trust, uh, fear of change. Um, uh, uh, con- well, I suppose you could wrap that up into control in the sense: yeah, that if we change. H- how will we keep control? <laughs> how absolutely? Uh, but that comes into the values and the culture and the mindset of the people who are sort of leading that change. Um, if they are of the mind that their employees are there, like, as I said before, that, that they own their employees, um, you know, then I don't know if it would ever work. Any kind of change would ever work for them because they've got the wrong mindset in the first place. They don't have a Absolutely. respect forward slash relationship mindset. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, there are operational things that companies need to be mindful of. It's not like you can suddenly switch tomorrow to something. You, you need to think about it carefully um, with how people work and how that impacts what you do and your yeah and your profitability and your clients and and the and obviously your employees as well. Because um, I think the Welcome Trust were looking at. Uh, I think you probably read, didn't you? The Welcome Trust. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. We're looking at it, but I think I also read that they decided not to change to a four-day week that so i think they're still doing a five-day week at the moment um, yeah so i don't know if they're sort of in the background looking at other options like shorter working days and stuff but yes. I, do, I do know they do have flexible working already in place so people can work from home that kind of thing um but i i'm really curious to know as to how why they didn't <laughs> Go for it. I, I couldn't tell you, but... Um. Yeah,
0: definitely. You did pick up on something really interesting there as well, As well, Lee, when you were talking about how, you know, that presenteeism when people are, are at work, but they're not really... At work. (laughs) I mean, I've got a really interesting fact. In 2018, it was reported by the CIPD that presenteeism has tripled since 2010, with 86% of organizations reporting employees attending work when ill. So that's an astonishingly high number. And I mean, I know I've worked in places previously where people have felt so, so you know, um, desperate not to have a day off work because perhaps they won't get paid or they'll get sickly that, that, that they'll come in when ill mm-hmm. rather than even, you know, perhaps they're not awfully poorly but perhaps it's not a good idea to you know spread the illness around the office right. as we all know um <laughs> you know the sniffles and sneezes spread diseases as they say yeah, yeah. um do you think sort of flexible working can help more organizations improve their employee engagement and to de- decrease this rise in presenteeism
1: yeah I, certainly yeah on the surface for sure yeah and in principle de- de- definitely why why sort of why wouldn't it but um again I wonder if it is dependent on the you know, on the culture of a workplace, and their their, what's their starting view of, of flexible working to begin with? You know, um, and I don't know if if they were only looking at it from a point of view whereby how do we reduce um, presenteeism, or uh, I, I don't know, it seems such a mechanical or transactional way to yeah. view that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, flexible working, I think, I think actually that should be the default. Um, I think is it still law at the moment or whereby you yes, have the
0: to law, not, you have yes. to request it yeah
1: right. right see I think that needs reversing I think that I think it, flexible working should be the default if if anything your employer should you know well employee and employer it's not okay either or I, I think you need to we need to work together always and say okay this is what you want to do um Let's see if that can work, rather than a "you need to prove this won't damage me" kind of, absolutely, or damage our business sort of mindset. Which I, I could be the way I'm interpreting it, but it, it seems to be quite uh, the the onus is on you know not demonstrating that what you're about to suggest is, uh, or demonstrating that what you're you know flexi- the request for flexible working is somehow not going to damage thing. Yeah. Whereas surely put this around the other way and think, well, yeah. how can this benefit us? Or, yeah. or or maybe it should just be the default to start with that you're you're allowed to have flexible working um, I don't know, you know. Especially if you live in London, I don't know. Have you ever lived in London, Lizzie? I, can't I
0: haven't. No, yeah. I haven't. I've worked in London, but I'm I'm a country girl. I love the fresh air too much. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, definitely don't go to London. Um, it's just you know, there when I lived there, most people are at least commuting for an hour, if not an hour and a half a day, either way. And and you think whatever form of transport you're on, uh, that's bonkers. That really yeah. that is utterly bonkers. What if we if if the default was flexible working? then you would could potentially even eliminate rush hour. Um, yeah. And therefore, the whole city benefits because the transport's moving quicker. People are getting to where they need to be you know, in more efficiently, more effectively and less stressed. Who wants, I'm not joking, it took an hour and a half to go eight miles on a bus. Just, and that's just before work, you know, and then you're supposed to turn up and do eight hours and then you think, oh, I've got another hour and a half on the bus on the way back. And it's just like, this is not, this is not good. Um, You know, so yeah, in that, yeah, definitely flexible working, I think can help presenteeism for sure. Yeah, Um, brilliant.
0: I think as well, it's kind of one of those things culturally, I feel, I know we've touched on this sort of earlier in the conversation, but that we have such an unhealthy relationship with working hours. I mean, the eight hour workday was introduced in the 1800s, um, you know, to get the most productivity out of factory workers. And yet here we are over 200 years later, which sounds absolutely bonkers, you know, child labor has, you know, yeah. diminished since then, but we're still working eight hours. Um You know, many other countries have moved in leaps to improve the well-being of people because it's common sense. Um, You know, we're happier and healthier. We're more productive, more creative. Like you've said, you know, many companies in Denmark and Sweden have adopted six hour days and it almost seems like a norm in some of these countries. So it sometimes feels like the UK is slightly on the back foot of, um, you know, in regards to culture and and thinking differently about the workplace. So do you think there's anything in particular that you think is holding us back in the UK when it comes to changing the workplace landscape?
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. I I, I I do have to make clear. I, I think I'm just speaking for my own, myself here in, in that um, rather than a curball view, if you will, uh, that, I think the class system, oddly enough, has a lot to answer for still. Um, mm. you know, we don't live in a classless society. Oh, I don't believe that we do. And I, and I think um, that uh, maybe that and the, the, the values within each sort of class, I mean, maybe the, the, the boundaries between each class, <clears throat> excuse me, are not as um, strict as perhaps they were, you know, 50 or 100 years ago. But the, the attitudes um, or the values and, and the cultural mindsets of people who are um, you know uh, I don't know might you might typically call working class or, or upper class or whatever middle class I, I think those the mindset of the people in in, in each class uh, it it's because there are these classes it, it kind of and it, it's still get I still get the sense that you can't really move between them, or you, you shouldn't move between them, if not can't. Mm. Or it, it, it and this—it's not like we're working together.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, there seem to be these divisions, um, whereas certainly you know, I used to live in Norway, and and I nearly married a Swede as well uh, at one point. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, the attitude—you know—they've got smaller populations, and their politics is different. As well, and and mm. they have. I'm not going to say they have classless societies, but they the divisions between whatever classes might exist are very, very uh, shallow, or you know, very. They're not great, um, and the, and their politics demands that uh, it's much more consensus-based politics as well. So you yeah. have these kind of um, trade unionists versus the business community. You know, these kind of yeah. – sort of quite it's almost like Goliath, David and Goliath battles all the time, seemingly, that go on here.
0: Yes, so it does, one yeah. One is
1: right and one is wrong. And I think yeah. that, that is actually quite damaging it, it, rather than a case of, well, how do we make this work for everyone? It's a case of who can win, who is right and who can win. It's like, well, you know, look, look, look what that's what why we have what we have and why we don't have these more progressive kind of attitudes or. Uh, Oh, there's a bit meandering there. Sorry, Lizzie.
0: (laughs) That's okay. No, it's really interesting (laughs) to get different people's opinions on it, because I think I I talk about this a lot with people, because we're trying to change, you know, the workplace, we're trying to change the culture of companies. But a lot of the time, it's culturally, that, you know, in in a much broader sense, that we also need to change attitudes and behaviours. Sometimes, you know, we can only do so much in the workplace, um you know we can go on our missions and our visions as much as we want to but then we also need to think about the much bigger world around that organization and how that's going to impact the culture because you know, it does. And for me, I've I've had lots of conversations where people think sometimes actually the way we're working, but many many people say, you know, we're still very, um, you know, old school in the way we work. Um, And that sometimes actually perhaps comes down to the education system because it kind of starts there sometimes as well, where, you know, creativity, you know, unless we we seem to decipher creativity as something you get in art, when actually creativity is such a broad, a broad, broad topic um you know and um, if we don't get an a in art we think oh i'm not creative then yeah. Right. And, you know, people start almost deciding in a very early age when they've not experienced any of the world, we're telling them, oh, this is the way you work. When actually we've been working this way for far too long and we need to start almost nurturing a new a new way of working from a very young age and getting people to be more curious and inquisitive about what they even want to do for a career and, and realize that actually you don't have to stick at one thing. You can try as much as you like and see what you like um and it's almost like from a i've I've spoken to a lot of people about this and there's there's always been such differing opinions which is which is why it's so interesting because it is one of those things where we have to look at the world around us and how our society is to be able to make sure that you know in, in the organization we're we're supporting people in the best way mm. yeah so what have the, been the obvious benefits for Curveball and a six-hour day then? Mm, um,
1: yeah, well, uh, I mean, certainly from the um, uh, our retention rate, uh, you know, we, we don't spend tens of thousands or any kind of thousands, actually, on recruitment in, in, in that sense. So um, that certainly uh, has been a benefit, generally speaking. Uh Higher levels of well-being, uh, happiness, ha- happiness, and our productivity hasn't been affected. We, you know, we're still Fantastic. doing what we need to get done when we need to get done, and um, yeah, we could perhaps be more structured, or perhaps we could try and um, move to a more—I uh, don't want to call it. I won't say restricted, all, but you know, we we could potentially try literally a six hour day where it's that's it we come in at 10 and go at four and that's it the same for everybody but um I think that would would go against the the idea that what we're trying to do is empower people to work how they want to work rather than dictate or say no you need to do this many hours yeah Uh, so uh
0: it's an agile approach, and I think that's yeah. futuristic. I think the agile approach is, you know, I think it benefits people more than being perhaps overly structured.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we're open to the idea that maybe we need to try different things. It's not that we wouldn't, but um, I, I think one of our values is empowering people. You know, we 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 want to bring ourselves to life at work, yes. and and we not love
0: that.
1: It, it, it's so if and that we've been able to do that. I think with what we've done and we do that every every day because people don't come in here and sit there with their head down and, or, you know, everyone interacts with each other and, you know, to varying degrees, but we don't have um, a space where certain people just sit, come in, get their head down and then go, go away again and not interact with with anybody else. You know, it, it's, mm. in that sense, we've created an environment, the benefit, uh, what we've created is an environment where people can come in and be themselves and, and then feel empowered and have the support to work how they want to work um and that I think actually that 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 is probably the main reason why we don't have such uh, in, in any sense a high turnover rate of staff at all it's almost a reverse um mm. and uh, that's probably the greatest benefit in the uh, because we can't measure the, the, the happiness level but all, all I can yeah. say is that we're we're happy we're you know we're, I'm not just all bouncing off the walls every time do you know what I mean we, we,
0: but you're content and yeah. I think that, that that's that's one um feeling I think we we massively underestimate is that contentment that we're just content and joyful about about life and about our yeah. working environment. I think that's a positive. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, I, I do sometimes wish we could measure it in a number because it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like me. You, you're a bit nerdy, aren't you? You like data. Yeah. And you like you like counting yeah. numbers.
1: <laughs> I, I wish I could. But I, I would feel. You know, I I couldn't yeah. say that number because then it would undermine everything else I've just <laughs> <laughs> said. So it's like, don't put it in a number. That's not.
0: Yeah, problem. it's strange. It is strange how we'd we'd love that. We look because we kind of love data and statistics, but then it, we're, we're trying to take take out the the, the control element of that, aren't we? Because it almost feels safe to have a number, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And trust, exactly. trusting our instinct sometimes feels like it's going to make us go astray, but in reality, we're human and we know if it works and we know if it doesn't.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, about trusting your instincts here. Because, you know, what we were saying about um, teething problems or um, uh, what deters other companies from implementing from mm. change. And I I think a lot of them want to see a number or some yeah. kind of, you know, uh, imp- empirical evidence that this will work. Yes. You, you, you can't always have that. You just have to try it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, no. I totally agree. So, what would your advice be to other organisations looking to implement a six-hour workday? Then, Lee.
1: Yeah, um, I, th- I think well, mean um, yeah, uh, you, you do have to trust your instinct. That that comes later on, I think. But um, first of all, I think it's it's having the the courage to question what you're doing and or how, and more specifically, how you're working at the moment, um, and why that's a good thing a bad thing or a mix of the two and and how you could go about changing that for the better and understanding why you might need to actually change that for the better and what better means actually yeah um uh, but that's that's not and that's not something a uh the md can decide on on her own um that's something that you know, if if not driven by the MD, it, it could be driven by the, the person, the, you know, an entry level. Uh, Absolutely. Start, it, it doesn't matter. But the conversation has to happen with everyone.
0: Yes. If
1: if it doesn't, it, it's just going to be another diktat issued down from upon high.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it, it, you know, okay, sometimes you might say, if if the, if the MD turns around and she says, right, everyone, you're going to get a 10 grand pay rise tomorrow on top of your existing salary. It's like, oh, great, brilliant. You know, I'll take that. <laughs> um, but, you know, no, I you know, uh, but yeah, so you know, having the courage to question what you're doing, uh, how you're working, and why, uh, and and then what what could better look like, and um, yeah, you can have that conversation about how do we measure this? Should we measure this, and in what ways? Um, because people will want to to know, even if it's not a number, they'll still want some kind of feedback about how is this going. Um, yeah and wh- where are we trying to get to? where are we now where are we trying to get to and how are we going to get there um like you said earlier there are other options as well um so just having a shorter day that may not work for your business model or your or your particular culture or an employees maybe uh, a four-day week is is better whereby you either you know uh, there's one company i think um a pr company i think in london that does they don't work wednesday afternoons
0: Amazing. <laughs> uh,
1: That's okay. That's fine. Um, there's another PR company up in uh, Cheltenham, I think, called Radioactive. They don't work Fridays. Um, you know, so maybe a shorter week is better. Maybe not working Wednesdays at all is better. Maybe working shorter days is better. Maybe um, simply, you, maybe you stick with eight hours, but you, you allow people to work um, much more flexibly from home, from mm. wherever. Uh, yes you know you've got to find a model that is going to work for your business model your customers and your employees and, and your culture i think and that's absolutely. going to take time it's not going to be something you can answer overnight but therein actually lies the solution in that you've got to yeah you got to think about things and discuss them but ultimately if you want to find out you're going to have to try it
0: yes absolutely and no that's that's something i say all the time is testing and trialing things is the only way you're going to know if it yeah, works
1: exactly and and developing that model you know then in 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 response to that feedback and not and not not if you you know if you do enough thinking and discussion up front and and you, you, you pilot it in a in a carefully managed way you, you're not going to crash the car you know the roof will not mm. it, you know no one is suddenly going to you know it's not going to suddenly destroy your business but I, I understand that that fear might be there, but that is so unlikely to happen unless you literally try to do it the following day. <laughs> you
0: know I mean? it's, like, yeah. it's
1: just not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and and you know, as, once you've run the run the pilot, you, you keep you talk about it and you review it and you adapt it. Um, Absolutely, you, that's it. Really, it, it, yeah.
0: Well, I think that's some sage advice there from um, you at Curveball Media, Lee. And I think we've really tackled some meaty questions today. So. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Lee has also written a number of blogs about the six hour workday. So I'll make sure to post links to those on the show notes. And if you are interested as well in more flexible working models, or this has piqued your interest in flexible working, don't forget to download the um, white paper guide that we've written, which is six flexible working models that could improve your company culture. So that's available on the Liberty Mind website. Thank you so much for your time today, Lee.
1: Yes, uh, thank you for inviting me. It's been really, really interesting. Um, I did read your article, by the way, about the different models. uh, So I would recommend your listeners and and anyone else to download that and and, and have a look, because it could be the starting point of a, a really interesting conversation.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lee. It's been great talking to you.
1: Cheers, Lizzie. Thank you.